Views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. Conversation Reparations. This show will give you information around the reparations issue and what is going on and what you need to know. We'll be bringing guests. We'll have um, historical clips. We will have music to support your knowledge and edification on reparations. We would like to begin by first reflecting on our ancient African past and our ancestors that built great civilizations. They then left the, the continent of Africa and move out to build great civilizations all around the planet. And then invaders came into the continent and many of them resisted to the death those invaders However, some of them ended up becoming captives and journeying to what's now North, South, and Central America. Many of them jumping overboard to refuse uh, the capture that they were under. And as we came here to these shores, we continue to build civilization yet again. And we want to remember those particularly those ancestors who come in the lineage of reparations, who fought for reparations on our behalf. We want to remember people like Queen Mother Moore, and we say Ashe. We want to remember people like Brother Robert Brock, Ashe. We want to remember people like Callie House, Ashe. We want to remember people like Isaiah Dickerson, Ashe. We want to remember people like Baba Imari, President Imari Obadeli, Ashe. People like Warrior Queen Mother Mama Njeri Algani. 
people like Bishop Henry McNeil Turner, people like Sojourner Truth, people, ancestors like Chokwe Lumumba, ancestors like Kalanji Olushegu, Brother James Foreman, and many more who took up the mantle of reparations that we are now carrying and moving forward. So today is uh, a great day. Today is just a few days from Juneteenth. Juneteenth is the historical date of when our ancestors in, in Texas found out two and a half years later of the Emancipation Proclamation and of their freedom. And once they found that out, they organized themselves and began to celebrate. And they began to work together and pool their resources and buy land and do other things like that. So this day um, is considered a day of emancipation, a day to uh, recognize the ending of slavery. The official ending of slavery actually didn't happen until December when Georgia ratified the 13th Amendment. Uh, um, we do lift up Juneteenth as a, as a historical marker. Um, my name is Jumoke Ifeitayo. I currently serve as the Southeast Regional Representative of Incobra. I also serve as the male co-chair of the Atlanta chapter of Incobra. And I also have with me today a sister Bonita Lacey, who is... Um, the female co-chair of the Atlanta chapter, as well as the dynamic activist here in the Atlanta area. You'd like to say a few words, Sister Bonita? Hi, everyone out there. Pleased to have you tonight in our conversation. We're going to have some good speaking and some good uh, information as to where you can connect with us and connect with the reparations movement. All righty. So, this week is just so power packed, and um, we 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 were wanting to um, get started, and we were looking for a, a good date to get started in, and we chose this date because this this week is just so power packed with things that are going on. What we're going to mainly focus on this show, though, we're going to focus on the 30th National Annual and Cobra Convention, which will be going on in Detroit, Michigan, later on this week, starting. December, excuse me, starting June 20th through the 23rd in Detroit, Michigan. Um, before we get to that, though, like I said earlier, the actual date of June 19th, there will be a hearing on H.R. 40, the bill that was uh, first initiated by Congressman John Conyers, um, and after he resigned from Congress, it was picked up by Sheila Jackson Lee. And again, many, um, so many different aspects of reparations that we'll be getting into over the, sh over the course of the different shows. We'll probably spend several shows just breaking down HR 40 and, and what it means and history of it and even how it got rewritten. But, um, for right now, there will be a hearing in Washington, D.C. at 10 a.m. hosted by the Judiciary Committee, um, on, on this bill. At that hearing, um, there will be um, Ta-Nehisi Coates will be a witness. There's, uh, there will be Danny Glover will be a witness. Dr. Julia Malvo, uh, Dr. Eric Miller, uh, Katrina, Katrina Brown, and um, and so they will be 
edifying on the issue of H.R. 40. And actually after that meeting, there will be a gathering uh, hosted by the National African American Reparations Commission and the ACLU, um, which will continue to build on that hearing. Um, many of those same people that I just mentioned are invited and are planning to be at that event, as well as Sir Hillary Beckles, as well as Sheila Jackson Lee, and other people will be at that event, which will be at 1 o'clock. And I need to see before the end of the show, I can dig up where that is going to be. I know it's at an AME church in, in D.C. I have to um, get the name and address for that. Or maybe Bonita could look that up for me while I'm talking. And so, um, in addition to those two events, um, the Movement for Black Lives, um, which we also work with and are on their reparations committee, they will be having a webinar on reparations at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you have more information on that, Bonita, you can share with us. Do you have that um, in front of you? Or we need to come back for that as well. Put you on the spot there. Okay. Um, so that webinar, again, will be 7 p.m. We will hopefully give you the details of that webinar. And in addition to that, there will be something called a Night of a Thousand Conversations, which is sponsored by four Fellowship of Reconciliation, Truth, and Reparations campaign. And they will have a webinar at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Standard Time on reparations, and then they are encouraging people to, or I should say we, because uh, Benita and I both work with that campaign as well, we are encouraging people to host a conversation about reparations in your community on the evening of June 19th as well. So June 19th is definitely going to be power-packed with so many um conversations on reparations going on that day. I think we might need to dub that day officially Conversation Reparations Day. I was thinking about that. There's so much going on on on, on the 19th. As a matter of fact, in addition to that, I heard about the Washington, uh, what is it called? The Washington, I think, Bar Association. They were also having a um, panel or a couple of panels on reparations on June 19th as well in Washington, D.C. So, yeah, so there's a lot going on. And, you know, so we wanted to launch this show to give people an opportunity to join in with some of these webinars, with some of these hearings. If you're in the D.C. area, um, you can participate in those events that I just announced earlier in the D.C. area. I will be in D.C. myself to participate in those events. Um, we encourage other people to join us there as well. And if not, there, there are webinars that you can link up with and um, get more involved in with as well. So going into the INCOBRA National Convention, uh, INCOBRA stands for the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America. We are the premier largest grassroots organization, uh, coalition of actually coalition of organizations and individuals that have been singularly focused on reparations. Uh, in COBRA background is that in the late 1980s in the United States, 
there was the campaign for Japanese Americans to get redressed and reparations. And that bill was signed, I believe, in 1987. And at that time, because of the conversation of reparations, and the conversation of reparations has never uh, not been around in the African-American community. Uh, again, that's um, for another show. But uh, there has been a, I can say now, there's been an unbroken chain, if you want to start with 1865 with the ending of slavery, or even before 1865. But if you start with 1865, the ending of slavery coming all the way up to now, there's always been organizations and individuals that have called for reparations. And to be clear, um, reparations sometimes was called different things. Sometimes it was called restitution. Sometimes... um, it was called, um, it was repatriation, sometimes it was separation, but all of those are different forms of reparations and it were always campaigns and movements to address this issue at any period of time from 1865 all the way through to today. So, So at that time, because there was these conversations going on, uh, Queen Mother Dorothy Benton Lewis, who had been organizing on reparations since the, since the 70s, as well as Brother Mario Bedelli, um, who worked with the provisional government of the Republic of New Africa, decided to call a meeting of different organizations and individuals who have been talking about reparations or had reparations as one of their uh, goals or platform, but wasn't singularly focused on reparations and said, let's all come together and create an entity that will be singularly focused on reparations. And that entity is, became, evolved to become the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America. Um, working on pulling up the schedule now. Um, yes. I have a question, and I'm assistant. I would like to know those ten points that in Cobra have that deals with reparations. Ten points. The things that deal with healing, with economics, with education, and uh, other things that in reparations people are requesting specifically from Encobra is requesting. Could you yes. a couple of so people be familiar with them? Yes. Well, um there are there are um what in the uh there was at one point in Cobra was working on a lawsuit for reparations. And um and actually I, I let people know that when we were working on that lawsuit we had the dream team, I call it the dream team, um, assembled working on reparations. People like Johnny Cochran, who is now an ancestor, uh, people like Charles Ogletree, um, law professor at Harvard Law School, um, people like Will Gary, one of the, the leading uh, class action lawsuit attorneys uh, in the United States, uh, and, and, and other people, people like Cornell West and, and scholars and his historians were all part of that committee. Like I said, that's why I'm calling this dream team. 
Um, and what they what they determined was that as as they wanted to figure they needed to figure out like what were some of the specific areas or what were some of the specific challenges that um, reparations needed to address and kind of um, and and you know because there's many 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 things that we could talk about but decided that it was important to kind of group them into some areas and so that what came out of that was called the five injury areas. And so the five injury areas are these are the areas that we say people of African descent are most have been most impacted from from slavery as well as the what we call the vestiges of slavery, those laws and practices even after slavery, even all the way up to this conversation today. So those uh five injury areas, um education being one, again, and and I'm you may hear me say this a lot, didn't me uh, that's another lecture, there's many all of these uh, conversations I'm having are, are setting us up or we can spin off and, and go deeper into many of these different issues. But we know that there's many um, from, from, from enslavement period to now, there's been great disparities in the area of education. Um, we know, so, so education is one area of health. Uh, again, there's so many things that we could talk about in terms of health, but we know that if you look at any uh, any of the statistics in the African American community, if you look at any of the statistics around health, we know that usually we rate the worst in every area in terms of different types of uh, diseases and different things in this country. We always um, at, at at the top of the list in terms of the most or the bottom or uh, we we we're the worst on the list, whatever, whichever way, depending on how the list is being formulated. <laughs> um, and so, again, health disparities. We uh, another area is wealth and poverty. Uh, a lot of conversation lately around reparations around that issue. When we talk about the wealth of a median uh, African American family um, being eight dollars whereas the wealth of a median European-American family being a couple hundred thousand dollars. And not only that, the wealth of an African-American family, even at $8, is decreasing as, as opposed to increasing. Uh, so some, you know, some statistics say that it may be zero in the next 20 to 30 years. Uh, and again, we could talk about a lot of, uh, again, that's another whole show around wealth and uh, poverty and, and income distribution in right. this country. So I wanted to, I wanted to uh -huh. stop right there because we're having conversations about reparations and a lot of people are saying that um, reparations, it should not look like black people getting a check. And I'm like, why not? Mm -hmm. Holocaust, Jewish folks got a check. Japanese mm -hmm. folks got a check. But for black folks, it should morph into something else from our harm, which is lasted longer than any of those two um, populations and their enslavement or forced labor in the United States and abroad. So, you know, the conversation has to be had as to why they sit, why a lot of people are having a conversation saying that, okay, African Americans, if they get a check, they're just going to go buy a car and give the money back to the white man. Well, I don't know any black car manufacturers. <laughs> I don't know hardly any black manufacturers on a national level where people can get the national, well, get the things that are the basics of their life if they had the money to do that. 
So, you know, I understand us having the land and I understand us having the education. From my perspective, education should be a uh, a reparate concession, what I call a reparate concession. And with reparate concessions, the white institutions, the white colleges that have lived and thrived and invested off of slave money should automatically make a transfer of cash over to the HBCU that covers X amount of um, people of African descent who wants to go to HBCU. And that way we don't have to, we can take some of those dollars off the table <clears throat> when people are looking at how much African Americans would get and what would that reparations look like. And I'm hearing people just say that it doesn't look like a check for African Americans. Well, African Americans are the ones, as Brother Jamoka just said, making $8 an hour. We still have to pay the same price for all of our goods, all of our needs. A roll of toilet paper costs an $8 hour person the same as it does for a person making $18 an hour or $80 an hour. So, you know, that to me is, um, I guess I would call it somewhat institutionalized thinking, even at a mm -hmm. higher level, even at a political level, even at an academic level of our um, individuals that's in our community who are supposed to be the brightest of the bright. And uh, I think they're not looking at the whole of what makes a person whole, what makes a person feel that they uh, are even enough to sit at the table. And those are conversations to be had somewhere down the line, too. Yes, definitely. You you are, are right about that. You know, it is interesting. Well, first of all, there's, there's several issues that you bring up. I think one of the issues is that one of the things I think that people really uh, is important to, to remember when we talk about reparations is that reparations is about kujichagalia. Reparations is about self-determination. And by, by that, what we mean is that the the criminal who or the person that's committed the crime, in this case the United States government that we're focused on, as well as other corporations and institutions and families does not get to determine the means of the 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 justice or the repair and the healing. We determine that. And so, you know, so when people say, you know, uh, uh, it's not a check, you know, they don't get to determine that. We determine that. And, 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 and our people, there are people who want to get financial remuneration. And even in the United Nations definition of reparations, that is one of the things that is a part of reparations is, is financial remuneration. And, you know, there are lots of conversations around that, you know, oftentimes when I always say when people first start get into the reparation movement, that's one of the first things people say we shouldn't give reparations in the form of you know cash checks because people will end up giving the right back. And you know, even I feel like even when I first joined the reparation movement, I think I used to say, say that I always say I always say that's the uh, one of the things that people say until you, I say you really evolve and learn more about reparations, and people stop saying that. But um, and then, one, you know, there's so many ways of looking at that. For example, you know, I give examples of how, um, for example, I had read about there was a, um, a project that was done with um, low-income women in, in a housing project, and, you know, they worked with them and showed them about how to save their money and how to budget and how to um, ultimately the goal was for them to buy a house, and each of them were able to purchase a house. But, you know, it was it came along with financial literacy and financial, you know, um, training. 
And so part of reparations would be that, would be financial literacy, would be us being learning how to be wise stewards of the resources that we have and the additional resources that will come into our community would be a part of the reparations campaign. So it won't even be a contradiction in terms of that. And that would allow us, like you said, you don't know of any car manufacturers, that would allow us to set up African-American car manufacturing plants, those additional resources. And those additional resources will be, in addition to going to individuals, would, would go to um, business owners, would go to uh, collectives when people may even organize, not just in terms of business, but organize other, other, under other principles like cooperatives and, and things like that. And so um, pooling our resources to create um, manufacturing and industry in our community because we don't have the capital to do that. And so reparations would also assist in that. So, you know, it, it's a, the, the, the financial compensation issue is, is a, a, a controversial topic and, a, and an important topic. And I agree with you, though, is we're not saying, well, first of all, like I said, other people can't tell us that it's not a check, first of all. And then secondarily, even our people ourselves sometimes talk and say that same thing. And I think we just need to raise that consciousness of the different ways of how, why money is important in our reparations demand. And, you know, even another example I often give people, like, for example, when your, um, when your car is damaged in a car accident and you receive a check from the insurance company, that check in and of itself doesn't repair your car. However, you use that check to get your car repaired, right, to go to the shop right. and, and do what's necessary to get your car repaired. And, or, and you may use some of those funds for maybe lost days at work or what have you because you didn't have your car wasn't working or what have you. So the, the, the cash is important, but it's just a tool for our healing and repair because that's the main essence of reparations and, and financial uh healing is necessary in our community. So, so yeah, so in terms of the five injury areas, wanna, we'll finish those up so people won't feel like they got left hanging. And I know we got, we're coming up to a break, so let me keep going with them. So we, we, we did education, we did health, we did wealth and poverty, criminal justice. Like I said, every time I feel like I'm going to keep saying it, like, that's a whole other show too, right? And um, we we can talk about how even you know, the paddy rollers, the people who chased down enslaved Africans, runaways, is actually the peak precursor to our police departments in many communities. And so um, there's, a, again, a direct train, chain, uh, a direct line from how we were treated um, unjustly um, from enslavement period all the way until today. And so, you know, I was just Reminded of that, I just was watching the movie, um, uh, the hate that you, the hate that you give, and and you know it, it deals with um, uh, police brutality in the community and deals with some other issues as well, and um, police murder in the community, and so and then and then you know injustice happens not even just in terms of you know those ways, but even so many other ways that there's criminal injustice go that happens. Um, that you know, people of African descent are impacted disproportionately. You know, this documented that you know we're stopped more often. When we're stopped, we get more tickets, and then we serve more uh, time than um, people of other skin color for the same offenses for the same uh, stops. 
and so you know those are the those are those things have to be addressed also as a part of our reparations demand as well and the last one is peoplehood nationhood so in addition to me working with Cobra, I also am a leader with the provisional government of the Republic of New Africa again another show another topic that we'll have to unpack at a later date but part of um our reparations demand deals with our legal standing, deals with our citizenship. Some of us say our citizenship is questionable in this country. We never agreed to be citizens. Citizenship was imposed upon us in the 14th Amendment. We were uh, freed with the 13th Amendment, as I mentioned earlier, but then our ancestors weren't asked, okay, now that you're free, what do you want to do? Do you want to go back to Africa? Do you want to go somewhere else? Do you want a separate territory? Uh, or do you want to be citizens and stay in the United States? Um, they didn't, again, as we mentioned earlier, reparations and self-determination. And so they weren't given those uh, different options, which were would have been legally the proper options to given them. And so the 14th Amendment was imposed upon us and even to this day, our citizenship still comes under question, whether you're talking about the Voting Rights Act, whether you're talking about, again, when I just talked about the criminal justice system and how uh, if we were treated as citizens, we, would ha- we wouldn't be disproportionately locked up in jails. We wouldn't be disproportionately um, affected by the criminal uh, system as we are. So those are the five injury areas, and then... Um, I know it's 9.30. I think we're supposed to take a break, but just let me know, brother. And if not, I'll just continue talking. Um, the five injury areas. Um, yeah, we'll take a we'll take a quick uh, station identification break. Oh, um, okay, great. Yeah. Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio. New Black Media for the New Millennium. Okay, I think instead of um, giving those five injury, I mean, I said five injuries, five forms of reparation, five forms of remedy and repair, what I would like to do actually now is to shift to the INCOBRA um, convention. Um, When we looked at having our convention, we were um, debating several cities of hosting the convention and we ended up having it in Detroit and, and that really proved to be a great decision uh, for many reasons one of the reasons I was pushing that we have it in Detroit is that I uh, mentioned earlier um, the resolution by Congressman Conyers H.R. 40 where well, that bill is 30 years old Congressman Conyers is a uh, congressperson out of Detroit and in when I asked one of our elders, Reverend Dr. Joanne Watson, um, last year when we were deciding on what city, I asked her, um, have we ever honored Conyers as, the, as in Cobra, who every year he's introduced this bill uh, in Congress? And she said, no. She said, we have invited him to our conventions, and he has come, or sometimes he'll send a staff person, but we've never taken the time to just acknowledge him for taking that bold step in introducing that bill. So I so Detroit being his home base, we felt like, okay, let's have this in Detroit. He actually turned ninety years old this year in May. And so that that was one of the pulls to bring us to Detroit. There's actually some other pulls of uh, James Foreman who 
issued the Black Manifesto, again, another topic for another day, uh, in Detroit, Michigan at Wayne State University on April 26, 1969. So this is uh, in Detroit, Michigan. So this is the 50th anniversary of the Black Manifesto. In addition to that, there is some very uh, powerful reparations activists uh, who's also an ancestor who transitioned exactly 10 years ago, and he also was a Detroit native, and his name, uh, we affectionately call him Reparations Ray Jenkins or Raymond Jenkins, and Raymond Jenkins was somebody who was just passionate and passionate about reparations. When nobody was talking about reparations, he was talking about reparations in the 60s and 70s and just always bringing it up in different meetings in different places, and I understand people are like, oh, Lord, here comes Re- Reparations Ray Jenkins again with that reparations talk. But he was influential in in talking to Kanye to get him to introduce a reparations bill. And as I mentioned earlier, when the Japanese got reparations, that um, created a resurgence in, in the African-American community uh, around the conversation of reparations. And so Conyers put forward a bill in Congress 30 years ago that modeled itself after how the Japanese got reparations influenced by the formation of Encova, influenced by reparations, Ray Jenkins in Detroit. That was so, wonderful. Yeah. Way ahead so, of his time and I enjoyed that. Yes, yes, yes. So so we, we 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 come to Detroit to have our convention and we will be we will begin our convention uh, on Thursday with our board meeting. Our board meeting is open to uh in Cobra members. You can sit in on the meeting. Uh, however, we really primarily invite you to the reception where you can meet the board and and we can chat and uh, have informal conversations. That will be at the Hotel St. Regis, which is a premier African-American hotel in Detroit. And the address for that, the Hotel St. Regis, is 3075 West Grand Boulevard in Detroit, area code 48202. Uh, the reception will begin at 7 p.m., go to 9 p.m. at the Hotel St. Regis. On Friday is really when we kick off the convention in full swing. We will be at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History at 315 East Warren Avenue in Detroit, Michigan. Anybody in Detroit knows of the Charles H. Wright Museum. It's a premier African American museum. It actually was the largest African-American history museum until they built the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C. So we will open our day at the Charles Wright Museum with uh, an Emancipation Circle. Uh, the Emancipation Circle is sort of a cultural and spiritual way to help to work ourselves to deal with the internalized racism that we all experience by living in this country. I say that we all are sick and we all are impacted by white supremacy. And so we have to do things to uh, take time out to work on our own selves and heal our own selves individually and collectively. And so we do that in this um, exercise that's part of what's called the Emancipation Circle and it's put forward by a group called Community Healing Network. And uh, we've been um, 
this is maybe our second or third year doing this. We may have the patient circle. And then we open an African tradition with a drum call, and we move into our opening ceremony official. We will have a libation from Queen Mother Chief High Priestess Dr. Oshundara Nefertiti L., who's a well-known uh, healer, uh, priestess in the Detroit area. And then we have our very own Reverend Dr. Joanne Watson, who worked with um, Kanye's and Kanye's office. She also is responsible. And many people, um, if you're familiar with the NAACP, the largest chapter of the NAACP has always been in Detroit. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And um, when Reverend Dr. Joanne Watson was working with that, um, working with the NAACP chapter uh, locally in Detroit, she was able to influence the national NAACP actually to pass a resolution for reparations. But she's been a stalwart supporter of Encobra and the reparations movement as a city council person, as a um, on-air personality. Uh, she had a radio show, she's had a television show, um, and just been a strong activist as well as a pastor of her own church, Westside um, Unity Church. She has been a consistent, strong, um, recognized advocate in Detroit on um, reparations. And then we will have a welcome from our local Detroit chapter of Encobra. We will have some youth spoken word. Uh, we feel like it's very important for our young people to know this is an intergenerational movement. And so we We'll be working with a youth group there that um, works with young people and helping them to express themselves through spoken word and hip-hop. And so we will hear from our young people and what reparations mean to them and using their creative form of expression. And we will hear from our national co-chairs. Then we will get an update from our convention last year. Um, you know, we feel like it's important, you know, when we have our conventions that, you know, we have some continuity from one convention to the next convention. So we will have a um, report of what came out of the last convention and what are those things from the last convention that was held in Baltimore um, that we are um, asking people to continue to push or work on um, this year. And then we will hear remarks from uh, Attorney Maynard Henry. Uh, Maynard Henry is the nephew of Imario Badeli, who I mentioned earlier, one of the founders of Republican New Africa and also the founder of Incobra. So he'll be giving us some remarks um, um, about his uncle, one of the great uh, ancestors of Incobra. And then we will have elder reflections from Dr. Conrad Worrell. Dr. Conrad Worrell's longtime um, activist. Matter of fact, we uh, did a uh, video. Um, podcast with him and I remember him saying that he joined the reparations movement in I want to say 1965 I was like wow like you know like that's how many years I am old he heard he said he heard Malcolm X speaking about reparations and from that point on he got involved in the reparations and so we give thanks for Dr. Conrad Worrell's consistency in all the work that he's done in Chicago and at the national level to advance reparations. And then after our opening plenary, we will move into our legislative luncheon. Um, we've decided that our convention this year is really going to focus on 
the movement that's been happening around reparations in Congress. And so uh, in addition to John Conyers' bill now, which has been introduced by Sheila Jackson Lee, we also have a Senate version, which is Corey, uh, introduced by Cory Booker. So we have a Senate bill as well as a House bill. And so we're going to take some time at, during lunch to, to focus on some of the work that's being done uh, on Congress, as I, again I mentioned that hearing also on June 19th, so we'll get a, probably we'll get an update on that. As many people will, will not have uh, attended that because they'll be on route to the convention, and so we'll get an update on that uh, hearing as well, and those June 19th activities. And we're going to take that time to honor John Conyers, as I mentioned earlier. We're going to be giving him the reparations. Ray Jink is in Cali House trailblazer award for his work um, on reparations as well as other work that he has done as a leader of the Congressional Black Caucus as well as during that legislative luncheon we will be giving people very specific hands-on strategies of how they can lobby their congresspersons and city councils and uh, U.S. senators in advancing reparations and what we need, what our strategy is, and how we're going to be working toward advancing reparations through Congress. Then we'll have a short break, and then coming back from the break, we'll get into what I was speaking of earlier, those five injury areas. So we have people who are specialists in those areas of health and education and criminal justice, peoplehood, nationhood, and we're going to have um, uh, uh, several panels where we will go into depth on those injury areas and how we how we see reparations addressing those air, injury areas because we don't want to just focus on the problems. Like I said, we could spend hours quoting the statistics of health disparities in the African American community and educational disparities. So we're not going to do that at our convention. What we're going to do is we already know those things exist. What we're going to be doing is putting forward proposals of how reparations will be addressing those disparities. And so, um, and then we will have a uh, break after that, and then we will have our, our banquet. We're really excited about the banquet because, uh, well, first we were excited because we were able to get Judge Mathis to be our keynote speaker, but because of our connection with Dr. Conrad Worrell and his connection to Minister Louis Farrakhan, he was able to uh, make a connection for us. And Minister Louis Farrakhan will be at in Cobra's banquet. And we will also be giving him an award as well at the banquet, honoring him for his long time work um, in support of the reparations movement. And we'll be honoring him in the name of Dr. Imari Obadeli and Queen Mother Moore, another long time, uh, lifetime activist for reparations. Uh, her entire life until she made a transition. She was a campaigner for reparations and as well as Dr. Mario Videlli. And so we look forward to a very um, powerful banquet uh, with those two um, giants, Judge Greg Mathis as well as um, Minister Louis Farrakhan. And, you know, we will have a full program with African dance and um, spoken word and it will be a um, very beautiful banquet. So now we move into Saturday, Saturday, June 22nd. And what we will have at that time is we will have 
uh, again, opening with the grounding us in our spiritual and um, traditions. We will open with um, some yoga and Tai Chi and Qigong. This is important work. Like I said, we have to um, heal ourselves and deal with self-care as a part of reparations, how we heal and nurture ourselves so we can be strong and healthy so we can engage in this battle for reparations and this um, victory for reparations. And then we will open again with our drum call and libation. Uh, again, we'll have opening remarks, um, spoken word, and then we'll have a, a, our elder reflection this time who will give us a powerful challenge as he always does, Dr. Leonard Jeffries. I consider him one of the foremost uh, African scholars on the planet. Uh, and also a lifetime member of Encobra, and he comes to our conventions. And so he's not just a scholar, but he's definitely also an activist involved in many campaigns in the New York area, nationally and internationally. And so we look forward to having him firing us up and challenging us to continue this work that we do. Um, we'll have a short break, and then we will move into our opening plenary, uh, opening plenary again is going to really focus on um, continue to uh, focus on strategies on how we advance HR 40 and Senate Bill 1083 in, in the Senate, and we will be looking at you know how do we engage our young people, how do we engage um, our faith communities, uh, how do we lobby effectively. So all of those um, will just continue to build on giving people more and more. Um, strategies and tools to be more effective at advancing the reparations because we don't want people to come out of this our convention and say all we did was talk. No, we're not going to just be talking. We're going to give you strategies and tools so that you can go back in your community and be a more effective reparations warrior activist. And now, what you do with it is on you. We will be giving you specifics, like I said, specific strategies tools, um, activities that you can do to advance this movement and, 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 and assist in COBRA and moving reparations forward. Um, during our lunch break, we have nine commissions, and COBRA works with nine different in, nine commissions that we have that are, we call our, like our working groups. So like there's a legislative commission, which I mentioned earlier, there's a um, Youth Commission, there's an Education Commission. And so during lunch, uh, we're encouraging people to meet with their commission. And, and then after the lunch, we will have regional meetings. So we meet, in, we meet regionally. So those um, chapters and people who live in the Southeast region will meet. Those who live in the Northeast region will meet in the Midwest and the West regions will all, you know, have their respective meetings. And, you know, those meetings are important because what we do at those meetings is we strategize on how to uh, support each other in the work that we do, as well as how do we um, build new chapters and strengthen the current chapters, but also build new chapters in those um, various um, regions. And then, in the, uh, then we have um, our general membership meeting. Um, this is very important. This is the meeting where we will we'll hear reports from those different commissions I mentioned, where we hear reports from those different regions which I just mentioned, and we'll hear reports from our leadership, what what we are doing to
to advance reparations in, uh, at the local level and at the national level. And that's also where we have our elections for our officers and deal with, you know, the business of the organization. If there's a resolutions and amendments and uh, campaigns that need to be supported or introduced or vo voted on, all of that will happen at our general membership meeting, which will be from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And I apologize, I didn't mention the location for our uh, Saturday uh, part of our convention. We will be at the Timbuktu Academy of Science and Technology um, that is located at 10800 10800 East Canfield in Detroit, and the zip code is 48214. And... Uh, that's where the activities will be on Saturday during the day. And Saturday All evening we will... That well, information is online as well, isn't it, brother? Yeah, okay. it's on our website. Our website is in cobraonline.org. That's N-C-O-B-R-A, in cobraonline.org. I want to speed this up so we can hear a few words from our minister, Louis Farrakhan, from an earlier campaign speech he did on um, was actually was called Stopping the Violence but at a, during a portion of the speech he shifted the speech and started talking about reparations so I'm, I'm wanting let me speed this up so yeah so Saturday evening we are again blessed to have uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan who will be our keynote speaker at our community report back um, which will be free and open to the public the convention will it does cost Registration fee is $125 for our convention for those activities I just described, and there's an additional $75 for that banquet that I described. But the community report back will be um, free and open to the public where Minister Farrakhan will give us a keynote um, presentation. And I should also mention the theme for our convention this year is 400 Years of Terror, A Debt Still Old. This is the 400th year since enslaved Africans were brought to um, what's now um, known as Port Comfort or actually uh, known as Hampton, Virginia, Fort Monroe. That that community report back will take place at Burt's Marketplace, which is 2727 Russell Street. Uh, again, a premier institution in Detroit, Burt's Marketplace, 2727 Russell Street. And then Reparation Sunday is... Um, one of my um, uh, special initiatives. Um, it was actually started before I um, got involved with Encobra, but in 2005 I asked the organization, the coalition, could I be the one that spearheads that? And so what we do every Sunday is that we have a ceremony where we intentionally connect ourselves to the ancestors and to the reparations movement into those yet unborn. Um, what we do is that we particularly um, identify particular spaces in the whole city that we're in. So, for example, we may go to a plantation or if we're in the south or we, we may go to the, a river or we may go to a place where there was a massacre. Um, for example, in, in Louisiana, we went to, um, we, uh, on the campus of, oh, shoot, it's in Baton Rouge, um, where there was a, where two college students were killed 
Um, people talk about Kent State, Southern universities, yes, Southern University. Um, in the 60s, and um, there was um, students were killed there. And so, you know, and we and we lift up their names and we honor them. We do ceremony. We pray for their spirits. And so, each ceremony is uniquely different. Sometimes we go to the ocean, and each ceremony is always uniquely different. And it's it's based on the energy of the, like I said, the location where we're having it. Uh, this year we will be having our uh, reparations Sunday, we call it, uh, at D-Town Farm in Detroit. Uh, again, that address is 14027 West Outer Drive, uh, Detroit. And so that will, uh, and then we will also, for those who want a fellowship with Reverend Joanne's um, congregation at her church, they can meet there at the West Side Unity Church at 4727 Joy Road in, in Detroit. So I think we have enough time to hear that clip. Maybe we won't play the whole clip so we can just come um, back yeah. at the end and wrap up. Yeah, Brother Emoke and um, Sister Benita, uh, thank you um, for the work that you have been involved in. But thank you for um, spending your time with us here on Black Talk Radio Network. I felt it was very imperative that more black people know about the work of in Cobra. But um, we can close out and play that whole clip. It's only five minutes long. So when y'all ready, close it out, close it out. And then I'll play the clip and we'll just end on the clip. But I do have a quick question. And, and to the uh, listening audience, uh, in the future, you will have an opportunity to ask questions or um, make comments to our gracious host. Um, but this was the first program and, you know, they just needed to uh, introduce what the program is about. Um, but I do have a question that came at me via text message over uh, Twitter. And I wanted, I was just going to simply dismiss this question as being an ignorant question. But, you know, um, I'm not going to say that because um, then I'm, I'm projecting that this person is ignorant for asking the question. And as they say, there are no stupid questions. So um, as we posted, you know, tonight's broadcast over the social medias, um, one of the responses we got is, what is there to talk about? Nothing. Cut the check, then we can talk. Um, my response to that was go tell uh, Donald Trump to cut the check, but just in case he doesn't, was plan B. So I posed that question to, to you both. What is there for us to talk about? Why this program? Why, why are we doing this program? Again, um, you know, it's easy to, to make uh, rash statements or, or to make bold statements. It's another thing to actually do the work. I've been working with Encopa over the last 20 years. Everything is a process. If you want to do something, it's just like, you know, if you, if you need a car, you don't just say jump in a car. You've got to go to the dealership. You have to find out what, how much the car is going to cost. You have to test drive it. You have to have your uh, uh, insurance in order before you can drive it off the lot. You have to have a driver's license. You have to have a, there's a process. And if somebody feels like they can just go to Congress or just go to um, Donald Trump, as you said, and get a reparations check, please do. Please do. Okay. We're not going to stop you in doing that. Uh, I would like to see it. 
You know, otherwise, it's just talk is just rhetoric, and and you know, everything is a process. And we we are we're, we're we're talking. Like I said, this convention is not about talk. This convention is about strategy. This convention is about what we need to do to move this bill forward. We know, for example, this is facts. We know that, that you know pretty much when a, a bill gets a certain number of co-sponsors, it's 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 pretty much assured that that bill will pass through Congress. And that number, that magic number, I understand is a hundred. So right now. We've been focusing on getting co-sponsors. We have 55 co-sponsors as, as the last date that I checked, which is the most we've ever had. So we mean that we get 45 more co-sponsors. We're at a, a, a powerful position at getting this bill passed. And, and this, is, this is the strategy. This is what happens in the real world. You have to do the work and make things happen. I'm sorry, Benny. I know you wanted to, you no, wanted to yes, say something. Yes, I do. For, the, for that person, we need your hands and we need your head. If you can push it, because I feel what you feel, push it forward, cut a check. But we need more hands to make the low light, to make sure that we push it forward. We need people out there advocating for others to um, push their senators and their congresspeople to co-sponsor the bill. We need local um, local cities and counties to co-sponsor resolutions that deal with reparations so that it will be more education about why they ask and why now and why we don't want to wait any longer, why we want the check right now, you know, or as soon as possible. So, you know, those pushes are more than just the, the answer of cut the check because if we had this, if we can cut the check and um, was over the uh, reparations funds or the Treasury Department, we definitely would have had it by now. Thank you. And, um, and I think one other important note to note also is that reparations is more than just a check because we, you know, we we talked about some of the areas, and again, that we'll continue to unpack that over the over the different episodes. But there's many many different aspects of reparations, so there's not just uh, the the financial compensation, which is one aspect and an important aspect, but it's not the only aspect. So again, this is real work. We we we're, we're systematic. We in this work that we're doing and we're making progress in this work that we're doing again as Benita said if you are serious about doing this work and moving us closer to reparations um, join in with us and let's, and let's get it done thank you both I have one statement before we leave we're having a training in Atlanta for white oh, congregations yes. who are interested in learning more about reparations and the movement and joining grassroots organizations moving forward. Uh, that'll be on June 29th. They can go to the website of healingheartsusa.org under the reparations tab and get more information. And that's for white social justice ministries and white congregational leadership who want to learn more about the whys on reparations. Yeah. And again, I think I have promised some information which I didn't get out, but if you go to, I'm sure if you go to uh, the Movement for Black Lives, um, you can find out about that reparations webinar. If you go to for reparations, that's F-O-R, for reparations.org, you can get information about the, the Night of a Thousand Conversations that we talked about. and. And if you want more information about Encobra, you can go to encobraonline.org. That's again N-C-O-B-R-A online.org. Um, my direct email is reparations, the letter J at gmail.com. 
That's reparations with a S J at gmail.com and you can get in touch with me and, and you know to continue to build on to move us closer towards reparations and um yeah so we thank you for your time we're, we're glad to do this uh, we're excited about having this platform to get more information out on reparations we will be we're, we're, we're taking our baby steps in this initiative so we 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 were committed ourselves to doing this on the first and third mondays from from nine to ten uh, over time we will uh, hopefully graduate to doing it every Monday uh, and maybe even going from 8 to 10 instead of 9 to 10 but we're starting out right now from 9 to 10 Eastern Standard Time uh, first and third Mondays and we will we will grow from there and we thank you for your support of the reparations movement and hopefully you um, will join in with us and, and, and help to us move this uh, forward
nation of Jewish citizens also after 1945 in our country. We declare our willingness to contribute as much as possible to the healing of mental and physical sufferings of survivors and to provide just compensation for material losses. Isn't that wonderful? Let's applaud the East Germans. That's a wonderful thing that the East Germans did. Now let's rewrite this a little bit. And let's put it in the hands of America. Wouldn't it be wonderful if America said, we ask the blacks of the world to forgive us. Get from 
But you owe for a force to take it back like sand.